thanks for being here with us this morning. We're going to talk about the compelling community. Um, We started on Sunday. I think all of us were challenged and intrigued by the idea of a gospel plus community versus a gospel revealing community. Um, Can you tell us why you chose uh, the compelling community for our church at this time? Yes. So all churches coming out of the last couple of years are in a sense rebuilding and rethinking what it means to be the church moving forward, praying and asking for guidance from God. And that naturally leads us to think about, should lead us to think about what it is that we're we're seeking to build and grow the church on. What are the foundations? And so as we're thinking about um, integrating newer people uh, that God is bringing us into a church that has uh, been established for a long, long time and has many members who've been here years, some decades, some for several generations, mm-hmm. uh, have called Lost Mountain home. Uh, I was thinking about how it how it is that God's Spirit creates uh, one church, one community out of that moving forward, and just happened to uh, pick up the compelling community, uh, the same name that we're using for the series, a book by Mark Dever and Jamie Dunlop that came out in 2015. And as I was reading the book, uh, just everything in my spirit was mm-hmm. um, wanting to scream, yes, uh, right. there's such gospel-centered truth in there about the kind of church that God intends to create through his spirit right. that can't be mimicked and can't be created uh, in natural ways or just through human effort alone. So right. that was the catalyst for it. So practically, if we listen to the sermon and then we start thinking about it, we get you know through the series and we say, okay, I'm involved in a lot of community that might not be gospel revealing. What do we do about it? Do we run? Do we just pray? Like, how do we handle it if we say, okay, this is where I'm at. Where do we go from here? Yeah, I'd say two things about that. One, from from a larger perspective of church leadership, and then we'll move into individual uh, members and what we do as believers. I don't think focusing on it, and it sounds weird because we're having a series on it right now, but I don't think focusing on it primarily is the answer. I I do think it's an issue of shadow and substance. I think a compelling community that's created by the Holy Spirit where boundaries are broken down and there's no way to explain the the strength of relationships and the love right. um, other than uh, the unity that Christ brings is what God produces in right. the gospel. So I think that we have to be very intentional about focusing primarily on the glory of God, the goodness of God, and the beauty and the power of the gospel. Mm. We have to be patient. We have to be prayerful yearn for it, pray for it, Um, ask God to make uh, ways of thinking that might be a little crooked in our minds about the church and about how we gather in community in the church, make those straight, let them be formed by the gospel. So I think on a large scale, um, we we focus on God, his glory, his goodness. Uh, We focus on the, the beauty and the power of the gospel. We be patient, we be prayerful, and over time, God will produce that kind of yeah. community. Um, now, for the individual believer, no, we don't run. Um, right. Don't We don't run. But I do think there are some things that we can do. One, I think, begin to pray about it. Begin yeah. to pray. Say, God, I want to be a part of and I want to be used by you to help create a community that can only be explained by you, right? not by simple human affinity. And 
take time to to connect with people that are necessarily different than you. Right. So we tend to we tend to gather up in, in already determined friend groups or whatever and go to lunch after church on Sunday. Right. Or only invite people over that we're either already friends with or are kind of like us. They're in right. our stage of life. They have shared interests. Be intentional about not doing that. Yeah. Commit a year to God and mm. say, this year, Lord, I want to be intentional about getting to know brothers and sisters in my church mm. who are different from me right? Um, in, in many uh, ways, humanly speaking, and just see what God does with that. Yeah. So that's what I would say. I think one thing I do want to just tack on is I think we've been really good uh, about raising people in the church for however many years to make sure we bring people in on the margins. Like we're trained really well to do that, but this is different from that because you're saying, no, you're not looking at someone as less than Mm -hmm. and saying, okay, let me bring you to my way. You're saying, okay, I'm going to treat you with dignity and respect and I'm going to learn you, not as someone who I can teach to be like me, yes, but as someone who is also an image bearer. So I think... I think that's an important note. Right, um, because what God is doing is creating one new humanity. Right. One uh, one new people. So it's not, um, is it going to be your way or is it going to be my way? Right, it's right. we're being swept up yeah. by the Spirit into the people of God. Yeah. And God is creating the characteristics and the beauty of that people. Yeah. Man, that's good. Um, so in, I guess it's in John, I deleted it. Oh, in John 13, uh, at the Last Supper, Jesus says to his disciples, a new command I give you, love one another, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you're my disciples, if you love one another. Um, It's really clear that a gospel-centered community um, or a gospel-revealing community will draw the outsider in and will be evangelistic. But I want to ask what might sound like a shallow question. Mm-hmm. What's in it for the believer? Like why, outside of being evangelistic, what do we gain from saying, okay, Lord, you can have even the type of community that I'm involved in? Yes. Um, I think there's so much at stake. As as I've talked so much with individual believers and been through this myself in my own journey with God, I think they're they're often willing to express if they feel safe right. a sense of disillusionment um, about what this all means about being in Christ and being a Christian, being a follower of Jesus. Uh, a sense that they felt like it would be so much more. And when they look right. at the pages of Scripture, when they look at the movement of God um, in Acts and throughout the New Testament, when they look at the kinds of things that Jesus said mm-hmm. uh, and Jesus did. And then said that his followers would be engaged in. And when they look at great movements of God in the history of the church, they don't see that. We don't see that often in our own lives or even in the church. And I think part of the default is that we we begin to bring the gospel down and believe it's just a children's message. Right. The best thing that we can see is is our children being baptized. And we forget that not only is it not just a children's message, it isn't a children's message. It's a very adult message that leads to... Um, conversion and repentance in adult lives. Right. And so we lose sight of the power of it. But part of what happens when we when we focus on the glory and the goodness of God, the power and the beauty of the gospel, mm-hmm. we pray, we be patient, and God's spirit begins to move. Right. Is there is a renewing in our own lives of, uh, of wonder in God, yeah. of his beauty. There's a realization that uh, and I know this can this may sound a little uh, crass or humanistic, but this works. There's a there's yeah. a reminder that the gospel really is true. Yeah. The gospel changes lives. The gospel gives me love for people 
that yeah. that I would in no other way have love for. Yeah. Not only love, but a sacrificial, self-giving kind of love. Yeah. Um, and and so I think our our own hearts and our own faiths are ignited in a way that for many of us that hasn't um, that hasn't been the case in a long time. If we're honest. Yeah, I I resonate with that so much. I think. I think it just makes me feel like, man, I I feel totally inspired and ignited by the possibility of that happening, but I also feel like I have to throw myself on the mercy of Jesus and the Holy Spirit to see it happen because I can focus on works. I can focus on mm-hmm. what I'm doing right, what I'm doing wrong, coming across as loving, but yes. this and this is just over and over again with the gospel, it constantly goes to the heart. Yes. It constantly goes to the motive, to the why and that is just such a deep work of the spirit and it it makes me excited that this topic in particular there's a whole book on because i think we're scared to ask like is it actually the gospel yes doing it or is it just all of these things yeah and if you pulled the gospel out mm-hmm. said nothing about god could all of the groups that we're a part of and yeah. all of the things that we're, we're doing out with people be explained naturally just by our stage of life, our interests, our shared passions. And we're scared to say yes. Yes, we're scared scared to say say yes. yes. But I think not only uh, for us here, but I think in most churches, the answer is yes. Yeah. I love that. Um, So you mentioned in the message on Sunday that it's not a win for the church when we gather together based on age and stage of life. Can you elaborate on that a little bit for us? Yeah, thanks for asking that. There, there's always so much more you'd like to say than you're able to say in a given time slot on a Sunday. Um, I think what I meant by that is that there's nothing there's nothing necessarily wrong with that, and there are a lot of things um, that are good and right and beautiful that can come out of, of that. But when that is primarily the way that we are grouped together outside of Sunday morning mm-hmm. uh, and sharing life, it creates a very narrow lens through which we see the church sure. and God and Scripture and everything. Um, and many of us grew up in that environment and got a lot out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I owe a lot to the church I grew up in, and everything there was Sunday school based, which is entirely right. based on age. Mm-hmm. And so there's a very real possibility that some some people, many people, their entire experience in church over decades mm-hmm. has been at a personal level where they're talking and discussing things and sharing right. viewpoints and questions has been entirely at a level with only people in their, their age group. Wow. And I, I think that it really prohibits unity in many ways in a church. Yeah. Um, in ways that if we're seeing different demographics all brought together, you begin to learn about one another. You begin to learn why people younger than you or older than you have certain passions that they do, have certain convictions that they do. Um, You start to learn why they respond to to things the way that they do. And you start to be reminded that the church isn't, um, it isn't about me. It's not a place Mm. I come to receive like everywhere else is in, yeah. in our nation. It's a place where I come to fully give myself to God and his people yeah. and to lay my life down and to serve. And so I think um, when, we're, when we're in the room regularly, consistently, and intentionally gathered around Scripture right. with people that are different than us, different ages, they're experiencing different things in life, not only do we have more to give one another, mm-hmm. um, some people have already been through that. Um, some people are bringing in new energy and new ideas right. that you wouldn't think of. Uh, but we're also able, I think, out of that to be far more understanding yeah. and to realize even in a Sunday worship setting, 
Uh, if we think about music or we think about illustrations and a message, one may not resonate with me, but because I'm in a group of diverse people, I go, that does resonate with Karen. That right. does resonate uh, with Julie. That does resonate with Dan. Yeah. Um, or whatever. And so we're able to understand that we're, we're this great diverse group of people mm -hmm. that God's bringing together and, and building a beautiful mosaic out of that yeah. reflects him and reflects the glory of the gospel. Yeah. That's good stuff. Um, I'm super excited about the rest of this series. Uh, thanks for being with us. For more information on our church, go to lmbc.us, and we will see you next time.